So I wanted to source talent that were aspiring or burgeoning influencers that are already creating their own original content. So they already have some on-screen personality, some idea of how to relate to the people that they're talking to. But I wanted to put them in a setting that had a real production crew and a real production value that spoke to the Grail brand. And so you could juxtapose what you see on like a Netflix or these like high production quality platforms with these familiar faces that you're now seeing on your own social media. And I think that combination works beautifully together. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pili, and welcome to episode 148 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Brian Barron, the CEO of streaming and social network platform, Grail. Brian is building a community-powered digital platform that helps people of African descent to source and share simple how-to video tutorials for hair, skin, nails, and body care. During our conversation, Brian shares her journey from idea to raising funds that helped her build an early version of her app and produce beautiful original video content. Before we hear the rest of Brian's episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories like Brian's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with the founder and CEO of Grail, Brian Barron. Brian Barron, welcome to She's Offscript. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to chat today. Same here. So for anyone who hasn't come across you before, could you share who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Brian Barron. I am an entrepreneur. I am a brand strategist and designer. And I also just launched my first tech startup, which is a streaming platform called Grail. So I am a founder, CEO, and creative director and strategist. Wow. I love that you have such a double-pronged approach to what you're doing on the tech startup side because of your creative background. And we're going to dive into really how that's helped you. But before that, where did you get the idea to start Grail? Maybe you can give us a little bit of background on what Grail is. Absolutely. So Grail is an independent streaming platform that's powered by both original content as well as crowdsourced content. And it features beauty and grooming tutorials specifically catered toward people of African descent. And so I like to think of it as kind of a mix between YouTube or, you know, some social media platform as well as kind of a television network. So it's a combination of original and crowdsourced content. Speaking of YouTube, I have to ask, how is what you are doing on Grail different from the content we're seeing on YouTube from the likes of, say, Jackie Ina? So I like to think of Grail as kind of an extension of that. YouTube is really a sea of content of all different types, all different skill levels, all different topics. But what motivated me to create Grail as an offshoot to what we typically see when it comes to streaming platforms is that it's specifically focused on beauty and grooming, which in and of itself is a huge category right now, specifically for people of color, but really for anybody that's using social media. There are so many new brands coming out for hair care, nail care, makeup, skincare, and there's really kind of 
a restored interest in the entire category, I think due to COVID and a lot of people thinking about self-care in their own homes and on their own terms. And so I wanted to create a platform that was specifically focused on that subject matter and that also prioritized kind of the user experience of the people that I'm targeting. And so the way that it's designed, the way that the branding is created is all catered toward people of color who are looking specifically for the beauty and grooming category. Now, just looking at what you've built so far, it just seems like a huge undertaking, which I see you've already started to execute pretty well. So could you walk us through how are you approaching the creation of that original content that you've already rolled out? Absolutely. So Grail has been quite the process and it started in a very different place in terms of the idea than where it is today. So originally the idea for Grail came to me in 2018. And at that time, I was not thinking of it as a tech platform or even as a video streaming platform, but rather as a spa or nail salon experience. And so, you know, I'm a person that gets my nails done quite often. It's a part of my self-care ritual. I enjoy doing it. It's a part of my personal style and expression, et cetera. But what I noticed is that I got my nails done every two or three weeks. I was looking for an experience that was efficient and that got me the results that I wanted. I wasn't necessarily springing for like a high-end spa experience. But what I started to notice was that I wasn't loving my neighborhood nail shop experience. I wasn't feeling prioritized as a customer. I wasn't feeling like the service that I was getting was consistent. And for the amount of time and money that I spent on this service, I was like, there's got to be a better way to approach this. And by this, I mean the neighborhood nail salon experience for somebody that's not necessarily paying for a premium experience every time, but still deserves a high quality experience when they go to the nail shop. So at that time, I wanted to think about how to create a chain of nail salons that were economical, but also high quality. And that's where the idea for Grail initially came from. And then what happened was, you know, I was in the throes of starting to write a business plan for that, thinking about how I would price it, how I would brand it, et cetera. And then the top of 2020 came and suddenly all nail salons are closed for the foreseeable future. At that time, we didn't know a whole lot about the virus and how it was going to manifest. And so for me and many people like me, that revealed a whole different need, which was how do we take these rituals and translate them to something we can do ourselves? And so I started you know, searching the internet for different supplies that I could purchase to do my own manicures, et cetera. And so the first thought that I had that led me to Grail as it's manifesting today was I would love a one-stop shop online where I could see exactly what I need to buy exactly how to do it myself. And I could be taught that by a relatable person. And so that's where the idea came to look into original tutorials for beauty and nail care. Now, as you mentioned, there's platforms like YouTube, you know, these things exist on the web, but they weren't curated for me in a way that I found to be like extremely user-friendly and easy and accessible. You have to sift through a lot of different quality of content, a lot of different types of things on the web. So you can find what you're looking for, but you have to do a bit of searching. And so I wanted to create a destination online that was specifically for these beauty rituals. At first, I wasn't even thinking about catering it specifically to people of color or people of African descent. But as I started doing research into the spending habits in this category for makeup, for skincare, for nail care, I realized that people of color really dominate as customers in this category. 
And yet when you're searching for inspiration, you're searching for guidance, you have to kind of specify that you're looking for inspiration for Black women or for people of color. And I thought something's not adding up here. You know, we are really leading the trends and the spending in these categories, but we're not prioritized as the user when it comes to shopping and looking for inspiration online. And so that's where this version of Grail was really born and trying to create a destination where people of color felt welcomed and excited about participating in beauty and grooming and could also easily find what we were looking for in a time like, you know, COVID. And I appreciate that focus because you're right. There's a lot of sifting through content that you have to do to find exactly what you're looking for. But Back to the question of now you do have a balance of original content and the crowdsource content you mentioned. The original content you have so far looks beautiful. How are you going about sourcing the talent, the studio space? How did that all come together? You know, my background is really in creative direction and brand strategy. And so for me, and when I was in college and graduate school, I was specifically studying film and television studies. Look at that. Yes. So I've always been particularly interested in storytelling in video format and from a theoretical standpoint in identity representation in film and television. And so I knew that if I was going to create a content-based platform, I really wanted to level up what that content looked and felt like. And so it traces back to when I was thinking about the nail salon or the spa idea. I was like, what does that experience feel like that I want to have when I walk into a salon and really feel welcomed and invited and excited to be there. I wanted to recreate what I would have loved to see in real life in video format. And so when I thought about producing the original content, I created a mood board. I really thought about the art direction. I wanted the lighting to be beautiful for the skin tones that were featured. I wanted the props and everything to feel very serene. And so when people come to the Grail platform, what they might not necessarily get on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok is this very high produced experience that makes them excited about trying these things at home. And so I wanted to source talent that were aspiring or burgeoning influencers that are already creating their own original content. So they already have some on-screen personality, some idea of how to relate to the people that they're talking to. But I wanted to put them in a setting that had a real production crew and a real production value that spoke to the Grail brand. And so you could juxtapose what you see on like a Netflix or these like high production quality platforms with these familiar faces that you're now seeing on your own social media. And I think that combination works beautifully together. It does. But high production quality also equals a high amount amount of dollars. So as a startup, how are you approaching financing something that you probably are going to need some sort of outside capital in order to get to what you are envisioning? Absolutely. So as I started to put together the plan for Grail and what that business model looks like, I realized that it's not just a channel for folks to learn how to do beauty rituals at home. It's also a channel for them to discover brands that they may not be seeing on their own shelves in stores or in the retail space. And so I realized that there was an opportunity to showcase not just Black and Brown influencers, but Black and Brown owned beauty brands that don't necessarily have a marketing channel that works for them to get the visibility that they want. And so just like these content creators have to fight through the clutter of what's already on the internet, so do these burgeoning brands that are creating skincare products, makeup products, et cetera. So what I'm doing with Braille is actually bringing the two together. And the original content that we produce is going to be powered by sponsorships from the brands that are featured in the video tutorials. And so what you have is an opportunity 
opportunity to see what these brands are that are on the market that you may not have exposure to yet, but you also have a real person, an influencer that you trust actually testing out these products and showing you how to use them. And so that's kind of how the Grail business model will work going forward. In order to launch the platform and to a product out there for people to see what it was going to be, I really focused on crowdfunding primarily and then applying for different grant applications because I found that it was important to produce the first set of original content so people could see the value in having that. And then going forward, we will be partnering with brands, partnering with sponsors to fuel the content going forward. How much were you able to raise in grant capital? And of that, how much, like if someone's thinking about doing something similar, how did you divvy up that initial amount of grant money? Great question. So I started kind of writing down my idea for what Grail was going to really look like in the spring of 2020. I want to say April of 2020 was when I started really breathing life into this idea. From there, I chose a number and was like, if I could raise this amount of money, then I have some working capital to build an MVP to get something on the market. I decided on $35,000 as the goal that I wanted to raise. And my thinking for choosing that number was that I wanted enough funding to produce a few pieces of original content to really show what that branded content would look like. And I wanted enough funding to work with the development team to build the beginnings of what the app and the platform would look like. And so I started out by identifying who I wanted my content production team to be and talking with them, getting an estimate for what it would take to produce a certain number of tutorials to start with. From there, I ended up meeting somebody who was the founder of a software development company through Afrotech social media. We got to commenting on an Instagram post and we ended up having a meeting together. Gotta love Instagram. Yes. Lots of great networking happens on social media. So that was awesome. So we ended up chatting. I got an estimate from him to think about, you know, what could it take to just get something functioning out onto the market? And so just knowing that those two core components that were going to cost the most, what those were, who I wanted to work with and how much I would need to spend on those, that helped me to create that starting budget. And it wasn't until I had that budget and that kind of plan of action that I was able to really launch into my crowdfunding campaign. Because it's important when you're crowdfunding to be very clear with your donors about how that capital is going to be used. I mean, starting at that point is when you're creating a reputation for yourself as a founder. So I knew that if I was going to later on down the line, look into getting venture capital funding or, you know, angel investors or anything of that sort, I needed to know what to do with $35,000 first and how to really give that some legs if I was going to look into getting six and seven figures in the future. So I definitely recommend that anybody who is looking to launch a platform, a business or whatever, you know what those core functions are that you need to get out into the world and what those will cost you to produce well, and then just get that amount of money. If you don't know how to spend that amount of money, then it's going to be really challenging down the line if you're ever looking to raise more than that. That's really great advice. But for people who do have a tech platform that they're trying to launch, but don't have a technical background, did you have any advisors who helped you kind of think through this from a tech perspective? That's a great question. So one thing that really made all the difference in me being able to launch something successfully was that I applied to be a part of kind of an accelerator program called Founder Gym. And it was a six-week intensive program that was teaching founders from all over the world about venture capital fundraising and how to prepare their businesses for that. And so these were all tech startup founders, not all people that had a tech background, but everybody had an idea. They were at different levels of the development of that idea, all the way from just the idea stage to actually having an MVP or, you know, maybe it was their second business, but 
the purpose of this program was to learn, you know, what investors are looking for in a tech product. And if you don't have a tech background, what do you need to do to kind of compensate for that? And so the main thing that I gained, I gained tons of knowledge in that program, but the main thing that I gained was the confidence to know that I do belong in this space, that you don't have to have any particular credentials, you know, resume, things like that to participate in the tech startup landscape. You have to have a viable idea that there's a real demand for. And there are other people within your network or the network that you will build who will be able to kind of fill in the knowledge gaps. And so first step for me was just kind of breaking down that barrier of just having the confidence to give it a shot. And then once I had that, I knew, you know, there are people with technical backgrounds that I can hire. There are people with technical backgrounds that I can partner with. There's lots of different ways to go about getting what you need from a technical standpoint, as long as you know what your vision is. Absolutely. So when you think about the relationships that you've built, how far you've come and how far you still have to go as someone who has you know, Grail as their second business, how are you balancing the two? Because I assume your initial business is your moneymaker. Yes. So that balance is very challenging, especially in the beginning. And I would say, especially for a personality type like mine, I'm used to wearing a lot of hats. You know, if something needs to get done for my business, I'll figure it out. But if you're building a scalable business of any kind, then at some point you have to learn how to delegate. You have to learn how to bring on additional assistance, how to move beyond your business being completely dependent on you. And so I guess like one of the key things that has been important for me in the balance is patience and figuring out the pacing and the timing of my business plans that are going to work for me. So I always set milestones to give myself a deadline. So my first key milestone for Grail was launching the MVP, was launching this version of the platform, which I was able to do earlier this summer. My next milestone is going to be to get that next round of funding so that I can add on some key team roles to keep the brand growing, to keep crowdsourced content coming in, and to make sure that we're nurturing our partnerships with our influencers. And so giving myself you know, a couple of months at a time or a few months at a time and knowing that by this time I want to hit this next milestone, it helps me create a work back schedule for myself to say, okay, here are the next steps that I need to take. It's also been really helpful to have a community of other founders that I now know from the Founder Gym program who are also figuring it out for themselves. Because one thing that I've learned is that there's a million different ways to do this and to do it right. There are different ways to source funding beyond just venture capital investment. There are pros and cons to all the different ways that you can do that. And so in the moments when I start to feel overwhelmed or confused, I have this network of folks that I can go to do a Zoom call, have a conference call, ask questions and get feedback from them. And that has helped push me forward as well. So as I scale both Grail and Worthy, the business that's really my bread and butter, you know, the key for me is getting the right team in place and knowing what to do with that team once they're here. So currently my focus is really thinking about my internal structure, how my business model is going to support that going forward and making sure that that's written down and on paper before I start bringing people on board. Mm, I love that. But speaking about supporting your business model, you had mentioned that part of your kind of revenue model for Grail is that you're hoping that it's supported by brands. But I also read that there is a creator incentive program. So how is that piece of it going to work? 
Yes. So part of what we want to do with Braille, because it is going to be a combination of original and crowdsourced content, we want to make sure that even the crowdsourced content is a high quality as well. And so there's going to be some aspects of the business that are about nurturing the people who are in our creator club. So the thing that's different about Braille than other independent streaming platforms right now is that in order to use the platform to showcase your content, you have to submit a simple application and be a part of our creator club. And that's just to make sure that the people who are using the platform are relevant to our target audience, that they've got some level of experience creating content, even if they don't have a huge following yet. And then once we have people in our creator club, we want to continue offering resources to help them optimize their production for their content and to give them tips about how to grow their own personal brand and to help broker partnerships between the influencers and the brands that we have featured on the platform. So that even if they're not just publishing on Grail and they want to do an Instagram partnership with the brand, we're there to help co-facilitate that. And so it's also an incubator program for the creators that are using the platform for their content. So there's several moving parts to the way that Grail will work, but ultimately the overall mission is to uplift black and brown content creators, brand owners, and the consumers that are going to be learning from the content on the platform. I would say oftentimes it's a chicken and an egg situation with platforms like this because the creators who are coming on there as well as the brands need to see that there is some traction. They need to see that there are eyes that are going to consume the content and vice versa. So what is your user acquisition strategy? How are you going to get people to use the app? Yes. And so that's what my focus has been for this first year of getting the platform live is to get people to understand and to align with the brand for one. And so one thing that you mentioned is that the quality of the content, you know, is really appealing. What we want to do in this first year is continue producing original content that makes people want to come to the platform specifically because they like that experience. We're also going to add some community focused elements to the platform. Like one thing that hasn't been shown yet, but that will be revealed later is kind of a discussion board where if you're on the platform, you can ask questions on the platform and the influencers and other users can answer them directly into the platform. So it's really about creating a, a full digital experience that gives people some an alternative to Instagram, TikTok. It's really more about consuming. One thing that's important about Grail, that's really a reflection of the beauty and grooming culture of people of color and Black folks in, in particular, is that we like to talk to each other about what the best practices and products are. We want to hear from each other because we recognize that not everything works for everybody. And there's a a lot of diversity within our community. And so I want to create a platform where people come to Grail first if they have a question about what the best sunscreen is, or they have a question about what the best, you know, curly hair product is. Grail is also a response to how beautifully crowded the industry is becoming for products that are centered toward people of color. And so there's going to have to be some channel of product review or just feedback that you don't necessarily get directly from ads or things like that. So I want to create a sense of in the Grail platform as well, so that when you come, you're not just getting the content, but you're getting a discussion board and you're getting familiar faces that you look forward to seeing and content that you can't see anywhere else on the web. So right now we're working on onboarding the folks who are already a part of our creator club so that they can start publishing their own content. And the idea is to get more and more content specifically on the Grail platform this year so that by the time we're really marketing it next year for memberships and for more users, there's something distinct happening on Grail that you can't get elsewhere on the web. And I like, once again, that you're pacing yourself and it, you don't have the sense of, 
it needs to be available tomorrow because once again, chicken or the egg situation is if you drive a ton of traffic to the site but have nothing there, you're going to have a high bounce rate, I guess. People get there, they're like, eh, I don't know what this is, and they never come back. So you got to pace yourself. So how will you know when you have succeeded with what you're building right now? Well, I do have a few metrics that I'm aiming for. I'm continuing to work with my development team, and they've been great business partners for me as well to think about how we can provide the most value with the platform. So we have some set numbers for how many creators we want to have a part of the creator club before we really launch. We kind of did a soft launch this year so people could see what the platform is all about. But I'm thinking of 2022 as when Grail really takes the stage operating fully as it's supposed to. We'll be building more features onto the platform. So I want those features to be there first. And really, I want to prioritize making sure that the creators who are going to be publishing their own content have a great experience as well. Feel like they're connected to the brand, feel like there's some value in being on Grail as opposed to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. And the other thing about it is that we're not discouraging creators from continuing to use existing social media platforms. You're simply saying Grail is a targeted platform where if you're specifically looking for to reach consumers who are looking for beauty and grooming, this is where you need to be. Continue to be everywhere else, but Grail is where people are going to be coming first when we really start driving traffic to it. We also have some fun ideas about how to incorporate some celebrity guests to do some tutorials, some faces that you might not expect to see doing beauty and grooming tutorials. So it really becomes kind of a network on its own as well. So it becomes about the content, but also the personalities powering the content. And so we're really excited to, to continue making content that, that'll bring people to the platform in the future, but definitely pacing myself, which I will also say is key. If you're starting out on your own and you're trying to build a concept from scratch and you don't have that full in-house team yet, you know, there's never anything wrong. I think with taking your time, you always want to be opportunistic about the industry that you're entering, but you also don't want to set yourself up for failure by trying to move too fast because you feel rushed. I love that piece of advice. So for anyone who's really excited to see how you evolve and grow, where can we find you? How can we support? Absolutely. I encourage everybody to continue following or to start following Grail on social media. Our handle is GoToGrail. So that's G-O-T-O-G-R-A-I-L. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter as of now. And continuing to post inspiration, updates about what's coming. And also, if anybody is interested in being a creator and using the platform to share their own content, we are accepting applications right now. Go to Grail.com is the website where you can find all information about what's going on, how to keep up to date with us and subscribe to the newsletter as well. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's so exciting to catch you so early on in the journey, just so we can say we knew her when. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love to tell the story about it. I'm excited about what's to come and I want everybody who would like to, to be a part of it. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Off Script, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Off All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.